The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One Sportsnet is your home for the best coverage of the Final Four in this year's March Madness Tournament. Get all the play-by-plays and top-notch analysis from sportscasting gurus like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. Then put in your bets with betting expert R.J. Bell on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. And laugh out loud with the biggest name in the game, literally, on the big podcast with Shaquille O'Neal himself. Download new episodes of these shows and more every week on Podcast One Sportsnet. April 4th edition of the PFF Forecast, we are going to say a prayer of peace for the AF. We have some mean tweets, unstable stat of the week, a question from the dark web. We're going to talk about all of the win totals that got posted this week, and then our uh, team review slash look ahead is the Detroit Lions. Oh, tales from the YMCA as well coming up. Let's rock. Yeah, I'm sad a little oh, bit, God. you know. Uh, the Man. AAF was a... I liked watching the games, um, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I know you Cause basically... Because you know it doesn't matter? Because you have no time for it, but I will say that this New Jersey Generals jersey, Herschel Walker, is in honor of another fallen league, the Alliance of American Football. So it is kind of sad for the players and for the people that were employed by the league and all that, but... Uh, You're going to have to find some other really crappy sport to bet on. Yeah, that's true. Here's, so baseball. Here's a legitimate question, though. Crappy sport. Okay. Are there any players from the AAF, because you watched every minute of every game, who uh, you would expect play a role on a team next year? That's a good... I, I would say there's probably 10 players who end up on a roster, and then probably four or five that end up having roles. So like Charles Johnson of the Apollos was a starter with Minnesota. He he ended up being pretty good. I would say Rashad Rossi's young. Demarne Pearsonell from Nebraska. He's only twenty one years old. I think folks are like him. And then a lot of like the offensive linemen are in short supply in the NFL, right? And like the key we talked about, we wrote an article about it this week about how to tr- project offensive linemen from college to pro. One of the things that we don't know is that we just don't get reps for a lot of these guys. Right. Offense, the five offensive linemen play every snap of every game, and, and so I do think like there were folks that you know sort of impressed. Uh, there that will get a shot. Uh, Demontre Moore is a defensive end. I think he'll get another shot. Carter Schultz as well for Salt Lake. So I don't know. It was like I said. I I don't think the football was great, but I do think that it was entertaining. Oh. and there will be uh, some say. some there will be some positive externalities for the NFL. The most entertaining thing that came out of the uh, AAF was <laughs> the Charlie Ebersol Dan Patrick interview. Those watching those in hindsight are pretty cringe pretty hilarious. man. Cringe. It's like the Roy Firestone interview of O.J. Simpson. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, that's a, great, that's a great reference. Um, all right, let's do some mean tweets. Shockingly, a couple that uh, are targeted towards me for some reason. Just I just, just can't get, get everyone to love me as much as I try. Uh, Doug's Bunny space O.G. George beat his meat in the mirror when they traded for Jimmy G. What a loser. What does that mean even? I don't know. Like, do you like hit is like, it better the steak <laughs> with a hammer or how does that work? The question is whether it's better to, to uh, soften your steak with a mirror or without. <laughs> That's what I'm curious about. What about SD? Uh, George has a terrible personality. I don't okay. know how you can say that. I don't. 
honestly, like the fact that you, who are generally a nice person, can Thank convince you. all of our listeners and, and, and viewers that you're somehow a jerk shows me that you have a personality that's beyond a bad personality. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Cali one Cali said, he's "Yeah, he's mad at he's mad at a fellow Cali person. He's angry. Why do these two dorks have their own their t h e r e own podcast? They are easily the worst PFF members, other than Palazzulio guy. <laughs> like, how are you going to say the Chiefs are going to get six wins ne- six wins next year? Question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation the point. The Chiefs question might mark. win six games in their own division next year, let alone six. I don't total. know what this guy's listening to." But here's the, the great thing that came out of Mean Tweets. Not a single one talking about you looking like Seth Rogen. Or uh, Seth Rogen's fat cousin, when which you, was a good when one When you well. retweeted uh, the picture of Seth Rogen and said congratulations, your mother liked that tweet. The best part about it was it was a tweet that said, like, Seth Rogen's making lots of money on his new cannabis <laughs> business. <laughs> and my mom liking that is pretty funny. Your, mo- your, mom, like, really, your mom knows how to use emojis on Twitter better than I do. So congrats. Yeah. It, anyone who has a parent that loves to, uh, loves to use the cell phone knows that they gravitate to the emojis. Oh, that's great. Questions from the dark web brought to us, as usual, by Sampo Ranta. The weather is warming up, which means that Sampo Ranta, a sparkling water for men, Finally. Finally. Finally, men. Uh, is here to keep you cool. And with that, their flavor for this week is childish cheese curds for when your coach eats steaks while getting a massage and your QB hates his family inside and outside the locker room. Grab a Sampo Ranta childish cheese curds and enjoy the Wisconsin summer. Are we going to talk about that article, by the way? Let's do that after we talk about this question from at Suvi Boy. Uh, we said we would discussed this last week so we're going to actually do it which means that we're like one for 50 on saying we're going to do something yep which is pretty good uh for a certain team looking to win now in a draft that's not particularly deep it might be best to trade up everything for top 50 picks for a team looking to rebuild stocking up may be a better strategy for other teams i'm not really sure there are so many factors in play. We talk about this all the time. Trading down is usually a smart play because teams will overpay to get up and get the guy they think is actually yeah. going to be a stud. The yep. fact of the matter is most teams, actually all teams, are basically the same. And the best draft day asset you can have is humility and not thinking that you know what's going on. But he makes an interesting point here. Top 50 isn't necessarily trading up to you know number 5. What he's saying is there's a certain sort of place where value kind of, you know, plateaus, yeah, levels right? off, plateaus, right? like the reverse of that. So I don't know. What, what is your thought on this? Yeah. I mean, so, so there's a couple of things. So a team looking to win now, I always sort of think about the 2018 New Orleans Saints, a team that was on the doorstep in 17, got unlucky in Minnesota, trades up for Marcus Davenport, and yet... And get the 2019 in New, Orleans. New Orleans Saints are, I think, they're, obviously their probability of winning the Super Bowl is lower now than it was at the doorstep. But they're still a contending team. Sure. And yet they don't have picks in the first round now. So, like, do you ever – there's never this assurance that this is the last season of your window. So I think that's a little bit of a, of a, a, little bit of a misnomer. On the other side, though, I do think people overvalue – picks in rounds five through seven and so maybe not the top 50 picks but maybe the top 
150. I would say that this might be a good strategy just because those guys are really just players filling out the end of your roster. And if you're a team that has a type, you're a team that's well-established, you're a team that wants to win now, like you should be going after undrafted free agents that you can select and like you know particularly mold that other teams sort of undervalue but fit you better that might be just maybe not a a better bet but an equal bet as taking guys in the you know sixth seventh round i agree and here's my thought on that i think there's a real reason why people overvalue those those late round draft picks we did that within company draft remember that last year and i for one did not want to waste my time picking guys in the sixth and seventh round i was like it'd be really hard to unload these no one will care but here's the thing. There are so many, you know, kind of unsung guys out there that have athleticism, they're big, they made some highlight play that some scout saw or whatever. There's a bunch of guys at that back end that people get sort of enamored with and want to take long shots on that you can sell off these 5th, 6th and 7th yeah. round picks and people are like, "You know what? I've seen this diamond in the rough. We need to accumulate these so that we have a chance to pick them." In reality, it's the same as at the top yeah. of the draft. You have no freaking idea and you may as well just sign guys in in free agency so i'm totally with you on that um they're the product i'm still not trading up you know into the top 20 a lot or into the top 30 a lot they're the product of internal dynamics within teams right because scouts want to scouts wanted on their resume that somebody that the team drafted their player even if it is in the sixth round the trading up thing so two seasons ago i when i was we were first starting to study this um, people asked about the Dalvin Cook trade, right? And and how we had Dalvin Cook as a top 10. This is before we got woke about running backs, but Dalvin Cook was a top 10 prospect in our big board. And and the Vikings traded up to 41 to take him. And, you know, I would, I would go on these podcasts, people asked me about the Vikings doing that. And I said, well, it doesn't make sense to trade up unless you think Dalvin Cook is the ninth best player in the draft, in which case you're getting a value. Now, Dalvin Cook's the classic example while that – that view is faulty, right? Because Dalvin Cook, despite all of his talent, what has, be- what has beset him? Injuries, right? The fact the Vikings offense was not very good last year. So Latavius he Murray being Latavius generational Murray talent. Latavius Murray being generational, taking away carries. So, like, you may think that you know, that you know that you know at this time of year, but you just don't. You just right. don't. There's no sure it's thing. Funny. Quentin Nelson was not a sure thing. I know he was great, but he was not a sure thing. Mike McGlinchey's not a sure thing. Jonah Williams not a sure thing. Greg, all right, we're moving on. Nick Bosa, yeah. they're not sure things. I, we said we weren't going to talk about this. Steve's mentioning Derwin James earlier this morning. The article Terrible. about Mike, so as we transition to the article about Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, what was the problem in Green Bay? The problem in Green Bay, as it says in the article, was that Aaron Rodgers was. Ad, he was he was adversity averse. He did not want to face his fears. The That's more you problem. talk about Mike McGlinchey, the better it gets, George. That's the problem. Aaron Rodgers was the problem. Here's the funny thing about that article. I haven't read the whole thing yet because it's a billion words long. <laughs> it is. But um, it paints both guys in a less than flattering light multiple times, which is going to do way more damage to Mike McCarthy than it is to Aaron Rodgers. Because when Aaron Rodgers goes out in week one, say, maybe in Chicago, and beats the Bears like he's never done before, uh, people will forget. Yeah, no. Mike McCarthy, this is going, it's going to be real hard for him having, and there's a story out there about you getting a massage during a team meeting and your team not knowing about it. That's a problem. That's a real problem. Thoughts and prayers for that. That practitioner. Hey by guys, the way. where's where's uh, Chris Collinsworth? It's time to uh, 
you know, have this important meeting about Sunday night football. Oh, he's getting a massage in the room. Best part about Chris is he would just tell us. He and Holly couples massage. But the right, right, and we were talking about this before, right before we got in here. The the thing that's so it looks bad for both guys. However, yep. however, if if I'm if I'm a Packers fan and I'm asked, okay, it's 2008. Do you flip this coin again? And which of the two men do you go with? I go with Aaron Rodgers and all of oh, his personal you? problems. What? Yeah, but what personal problems? Because. I mean, it's clear from it's clear from the interact that he is a that he has he's not like a choir boy, right? But okay. none of these men are. Right? All right, hold on for a second here. This is a bit much. You're gonna you're gonna stand for the Cali Cali person though. I, not even because where he grew up and where I grew up are like different states to begin with. I that that's not it at all. We just talked about Odell Beckham Jr. People think he is a whack job, right? You know, he was a terrible teammate. All of this stuff that is made up by people with ulterior motives. Everyone, it, no one is a choir boy. Yeah. You're not a choir boy. I'm not a choir boy. We don't have perfect family relationships. No one does. <laughs> the difference is that Aaron Rodgers just so happens to be the most gifted quarterback yeah. ever to play the position, and there are other people in his family that aren't <laughs> choir boys either that want you to know about it. Yeah. That's the only difference. But, but, but there's like a legitimate... so. There are legitimate things that I think was his work ethic or desire to like be the best ever question in the story. No, but his ability to work with others, like Odell Beckham. The issue with Odell, Odell Beckham was never like unworkable, though. I think to compare them is a bit. I think Odell Beckham was annoying to the wrong people for the wrong reasons. But I do think like having. Aaron like, Rodgers put the team on Matt, his back and won a Super Bowl. Of course he did, and he should have won more. Right, and and, and he probably he would have won more if you would have rerun the universe a bunch of times. The issue is though is that I, as I started this entire thing with saying, I'm taking Rodgers despite of everything that's being said here, despite of like the fact that you know Greg Jennings said. Yeah, I you guess know, you're saying that those things are actually an issue, and I think they're. Not an issue that is uncommon to him. I think they're issues with absolutely everyone. And some teams handle it, are able to keep it within better than others. This team was not able to. That's not Aaron Rodgers' fault, in my opinion, at all. I would absolutely take Aaron Rodgers because I don't think those things are actually things. But but we've had we've had situations before, like the the fact that Aaron Rodgers would crack under some of these circumstances is understandable. They stopped putting players around him. McCarthy's stuff got stale, et cetera, et cetera. But, like he he did like like the the, the things but, that these receivers are saying about him like are oh, legitimate like a toxic relate no, right. toxic environment. You're right. So apologies to Marquez Valdez Scantling, Jeff uh, Janis. Really vote. sorry that Aaron Rodgers didn't like you because you couldn't figure out how to run the right routes. We're, we apologize. Um, you have to know that career. when you have a 180 million dollar contract that you're going to be dealing with. I will stand reduced, for Aaron Rodgers. The guy reduced. Is, you're going to be dealing with reduced caliber of receivers, and you have to know that because you're being paid that much, you're not you're not going to have Randall Cobb, you know Jordy why? Nelson, and you know J- Greg I love Jennings Aaron Rodgers so much. There's a lot of guys that don't have the stones to throw the ball away at a record rate <laughs> just to make their coach look like even more of a loser than he already is. And he has those stones. You, and that's why I want Aaron Rodgers on my team eleven he'll, times out he'll of ten. Get, he'll get somebody fired that you don't like. Absolutely. Okay. All right, unstable stat of the week, which is brought to you by your bracket. My bracket? Yeah, because your bracket busted quicker than uh, Rick Pitino in a restaurant. Um, unfortunately, soon. my bracket made it 
into the Sweet 16, and that's where ultimately ultimately didn't make it past. Uh, we're going to talk about pass rating on third down. Everyone loves third down. Unfortunately, third downs are super unstable, particularly if you look at something like pass rating. We hark on pass rating a lot because it ignores things like sacks. It also ignores things like running. Um, so pass rating in general is unstable, but when you look at it on third down, it's particularly absurd. Overweights interceptions, overweights touchdowns that aren't necessarily the result of great quarterback play. So I'm going to read you the list of guys that had the best pass rating on third down last season. It's interesting. Russell Wilson, 113.7. Pat Mahomes, 113.2. Drew Brees, 108.8. Jameis Winston, 107.7. Eli, not done yet, Manning, 106.0. Those are your top five. So what Eli's you, back. Right. So are we going to take away from that that Wilson, Mahomes, and Brees aren't that good? Can we do that just by looking at that data point? That they're not better than Wilson as passers. Well, like, am I going to say, oh, you know, Wilson, Mahomes, and Breeze, they weren't actually that good because they, you know, I wouldn't expect them to be that good next year because they, had, they played well on this unstable No, but what metric. you could say is that their offenses might not be in the top five in the NFL be just based upon random noise. So what if we look at something that, you know, say is stable? Because I think a lot of people will like to point out, oh, this thing is unstable. I would like to see those guys, re- I would expect to see those guys regress. But... You then flip it on and you say, okay, who are the guys that on first and second down have, you know, say some, something like the best uh, PFF grade, which is more stable. And guys that show up in there again, Breeze, Mahomes, and Wilson. So it's Rodgers inter- even, despite his terribleness. Right. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to put those things in context because guys that stick out here are the guys that also didn't play that well on first and second down, but somehow manage on third down. And that's where you kind of say, uh-oh. And so a guy like uh, you know James Winston, even an Eli Manning who wasn't great overall, they were yeah. you know kind of exceptions to the rule in terms of third down, but it wasn't like they were killing it on first and second down. Yeah, that, I mean that's a good way to look at it. And I uh, the issue with Wilson again is that it's not that he was bad on first and second down; it's that he overcame so much on third down. And as we've always said about the Seahawks this entire offseason and talking about probably being liking their under next year is. It's the Wilson's ability to reinforce bad process, right? right. Is going to be the downfall, I think, of that team. Like he, what if his pass rating on third down next year is eighty nine? Like that's probably worth a win or two just in and of itself. And well, we talk about this with clean pockets. We talk about this also with first and second down, but it's it, part of that is volume. So if a guy is great from a clean pocket but he's under pressure 45% of the time, well, that's not going to be good for you because he's got the fewest number of clean pockets in the league. Mm -hmm. Same with first and second downs. If he's great throwing on first and second down, Breeze, Mahomes, Wilson, all great, but Wilson probably had 150 less dropbacks on first and second down than those guys, you're not pressing your advantage, which is something that you need to do. I want to ask your opinion on this because Russell Wilson asked for an extension, and immediately Seahawks Twitter decides that he's on the trading block and, like, People are talking about, could you get two firsts for Russell Wilson? Um, I personally think that's ridiculous. What Blue Pepper wouldn't even trade a bag of baseballs for him. Yeah, Chian. Chian, yeah. Um, Kyan is his name. You know, he's a little erratic, so he might change his mind <laughs> after I coming mean, down. I mean, a the 30-year-old quarterback who has consistently graded well despite having numerous offensive coordinators and an offensive line that was an offensive line that a was disaster. trash for like three, three, four years. 
uh, and and have and withstanding, frankly, the burden of his own contract, which is not trivial for for True. quarterbacks after the rookie deal. I mean, Russell Wilson is worth. Okay, if you're the Giants, would you trade six and seventeen for Russell Wilson? I mean, it, just spell it out there. I would. I would trade way more than yeah, that. But I would, if I could somehow get him for six and seventeen, I mean, it's over. Yeah, I mean, once you attach, because that's the thing about the draft. People love it because it's a new influx of things we haven't studied before. But known and unknown. I know Wilson's going to cost a ton, but he's thirty. I mean, it, if, people, if Khalil Mack could go for two first round picks, Russell Wilson could go, and and that contract, I mean, Russell Wilson could probably. Command three to four. It's a joke. Some of the really great arguments for why he's not a good investment. One of them from our buddy uh, is that McEwen? yeah, Q, Q, McEwen, um is that he is that he won't age well because like he's a mo you know he's had to run around and oh, that, yeah. right. So we've never seen a guy. You Steve know, Young didn't like run away from defenders in his mid thirties. Right. But but you know he's. He gets a lot of credit for the stuff he does outside of structure. He's always been – he's done very well under pressure, things that we don't put a lot of stock in. But let me give you the um, list of guys since 2012 with the highest PFF grade per dropback from a clean pocket. See if you like any of these guys. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, okay. and Russell Wilson. Oh. Those are the th- top three. So he's, he's done incredibly well in a very stable situation when he gets them. They are only going to be able to give him more because they can't possibly have a worse offensive line than they had, had in the past. He has been top five in grade from a clean pocket in all but two of his seasons. Um, and I think people will say, okay, but what about the runs? You know, he's, he's getting out of the pocket. He's running, all of those things. Um, even if you take out runs, he's still top five in EPA and grade from a clean pocket over that time period. It's absolutely you should be fired from whatever job you don't have for saying that he's uh, Alex not worth Smith, two first. Our friend, the guy who was drafted over the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers, it, since his year 29, so he started in Kansas City, he had more than 350 yards rushing three times. He averaged five yards of carry f- uh, th- four times, six yards of carry as recently as his year 33rd. Like this idea that his quarterbacks here. wear out when they're, when they're old. As runners is no. If a guy was already a statue, wow. he's going to become more of a statue. But the, this Look, idea that Russell well, Wilson now Alex can't Smith run. may never play again, and that's oh yeah. So Where I did he get sacked? Wrong. I proved you wrong in the pocket. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to talk about win total. So here's how we're going to do this. We want to talk. We don't want to talk about everyone, but we want you to know what everyone is, and then we'll talk about our favorites real quick. Yeah, and guys, we'll we'll have more formal picks on these as the off season progresses. The once, current schedule once we is know not the out. schedule. Yeah, and yeah. so, but there's there might be some value on these, and so we want to call yeah. your attention. You might want to make an impromptu trip to an, Vegas. An, invest, an investment. Yeah. By the way, one of my favorite commercials ever was the Jetta commercial, where the guy decides to go to Vegas <laughs> in the middle of the commercial. I've always dreamed of doing that. Win totals. Here we go. Arizona Cardinals. Their total is five. I'm going to say that goes over because they probably draft Kyler Murray, and it's not that hard to have a great quarterback and go over five wins. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say under because of uh, that division. Uh, Falcons, eight and a half. I'm going to say they go under because Falcons. (laughs) I'm going to say they go over because Matt Ryan. And a new, a new offensive coordinator. They also have Julio Jones. Ooh, that would be a reason they might go under. 
Ravens, eight and a half. I'm going to say they go under because Lamar Jackson is not accurate throwing the football. Yeah, this is the same over-under as a season ago, uh, so I'm going to make the broke. argument that their defense is better and their quarterback position is better. I broke the tie there. I, okay, okay, we'll get back on it. Uh, Bills, I'm going to say they go over. The uh, number is six, uh, and I'm going to say they go over because they have a generational talent at running back in Josh Allen. I'm going to say they go under because I think people – I think I think the Dolphins are going to be bad at tanking, and I think the Jets are going to sweep them. Interesting. Panthers, eight – I'm going to say they go under because they probably still won't be able to cover well enough. I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say they go over because Falcons. Ooh. Bears nine and a half. Is that you? I have nothing. Oh, for the over? Yeah, it's an under. I mean, this is this is Jacksonville of 2018 look if Bortles North can run it back like he did last year look, <laughs> look out Bengals six uh is it my turn to go over under uh you're an oh you're a, no you're an under right now <sighs> it's gonna be tough you know because I it's our hometown Bengals but um I, I just think this may be the end of the road for Andy Dalton interesting because in your list of quarterbacks Andy Dalton was the fifth no fourth highest graded quarterback on first and second down he actually had a good season last year and i and i think if he stays healthy they will get to their customary seven and a half bengal wins i had to pick something i know um browns nine over uh the reason they're going to go over is that uh odell beckham jr baker mayfield and jarvis landry could be the best trio uh in the nfl this year yeah they call them the triplets uh the brown i i think the under is in play because I think Pittsburgh's being undervalued right now, and I think the Ravens uh, are still to be contended with. Cowboys, eight and a half. I'm going to say they go under because, um, well, quite frankly, Dak Prescott, I think, has been overrated because of the situation he was in his rookie year. If they, if they go over this, which I agree they probably won't, it's because they rally behind false accusations of Jason Garrett on the internet. That was an amazing accusation. What are you saying, bro? What an idiot. Uh, like, for all the crap Jason Garrett gets, yeah, like, hey, come I mean, on, man. The, of the a million things you could rip him for, that, really? Yeah. Denver Broncos, seven. Uh, I'm going to say they go under because they, their best quarterback is their president. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, despite, yeah. So they go over because they can still cover. And Chris Harris and Bryce Callahan... Uh, are good players in that secondary. The Detroit Lions, we're going to talk about them a little bit more at the end of the podcast. I'm going to say they go over because they draft a corner. <laughs> I'm going to say they go under because they, they are valuing all the wrong things right now, at least publicly. Green Bay Packers, run. nine. I'm going to say they go under because of LaFleur. I'm going to say they go over because Aaron Rodgers is going to be on his best behavior at least this one year. <laughs> Texans eight and a half I'm going to say they go over because uh, Deshaun Watson I think um, has room to, to improve I didn't think he was as oh. good as he could have been last oh, year Oh, interesting because I think they're going to go under because I think their win total last year was a fraud based upon a bunch of close games and their left tackle is currently Matt Khalil Ooh. we need to stop saying I think been really thinking a lot here Colts nine and a half I'm going to say they go under because their defense plugged holes with a lot of subpar players and they regress in coverage. Yeah, those are good points. I think the Colts are the are 
are one of the best run teams in the NFL right now with a ascending offense and a defense that is going to get better. So I think they go over in a bad division. Jags, eight. Uh, they go over because that defense is as talented as any defense. They regressed in coverage and were still top five. Um, they can remain a top five coverage team. I think, the, the, sorry, they go under because you're going to get the Nick Foles that you got in St. Louis as often as you're going to get the Nick Foles you got in Philadelphia. And this is the, this, I mean, this is the year with where it sort of falls apart. We say, I think, as much as the players only guys on uh, <laughs> TNT say players only during those. Those are Candace so bad. Parker. Candace Parker is the only like she's the person only that knows one. what she's talking about. Um, Chiefs, ten and a half. Uh, they will go. Um, what am I on? Over now? No, you're on under, <sighs> which I think you probably like. Yeah, they will go. They will go under because they may not have Tyreek Hill, and I could be cornerback one on that team. I think they go over because they have Patrick Mahomes and think? Andy Reid. Chargers ten. They go over because Philip Rivers still a top five quarterback. They go under because they're the Chargers. And the Raiders are going to improve, the and the Chiefs are better than they are, and they get they don't get a home game against the Chiefs. Rams ten and a half. This pains me to say, make a case for this, but I think this is sound. They go under ten and a half because that offensive line was fraudulent. It was protected by scheme. That scheme will get studied more than any other scheme this off season by defenses and offenses alike. I think they go over because Zach is I mean, a brilliant an and up-and-coming quarterback. It's an easy coach. one. They have a fantastic coaching staff. Um, Dolphins, five. They go over because five wins is, like, <laughs> not that many. They go under because they've been a three-win team <laughs> for the last three years, and for some ungodly reason, Adam Gase can somehow get squeezed six and seven wins out of that team. And Gronk's not playing safety for the Pats this no, year. That's right. But Vikings, nine. They go under because uh, Kirk Cousins is a 15-20 to 20 quarterback. They go over because the Bears regress, Detroit's bad, and the Packers are on the verge of implosion. Lovely. Patriots, 11. They go over because they're playing a bunch of JV teams. Come on. This is the lowest number the Pats have gotten in a while. Uh, I think they go under because at some point they have to. I'm glad you think that. Saints, 10.5. They go under because Drew Brees feels the effect of age and they don't have an influx of new talent in the first round. Oh, cool. I think they go over because their offense has more firepower than it did a season ago with Ted Ginn probably playing the whole year, Jared Cook playing tight end, and they lose Mark Ingram, which they replace him with the tape train. Uh, Giants, six. They go over because luck and they trade for Russell Wilson. You can't have two quarterbacks from the same draft class on the same team. So um, they go under on principle. Jets seven uh, under because that is one of the most uh, void of talent teams in the NFL. They go over because with a quarterback with the potential of Sam Darnold, often that doesn't matter. True. Raiders six. They go over because they trade up for Kyler Murray. Actually, regardless, they go over because of Antonio Brown. They go under because their division is the toughest in football with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Eagles, nine and a half under because their best quarterback's no longer there. They go over because they value the right things and are smart. And their quarterback is far better than his stats were a season ago. Uh, Steelers, nine. They go over because Juju fills in beautifully for Antonio Brown and Ben will be motivated. 
they go under because there's only they're only allowed there's only room in this universe for one person who looks like me and is successful. <laughs> 49ers eight, they go over Super Bowl. Let's go. They go under because <laughs> we're wrong about the Seahawks. Seahawks eight and a half. They go under uh, because they trade Russell Wilson. If they trade Russell Wilson, I am sp- I'm buying all the tickets to Vegas. They go. You said under, right? So they go over because their defense improves from a season ago where it was bad and and covered up. And Russell Wilson continues to be uh, a top five quarterback in the league. Almost done. Bucks six. You're over. I know. Do you want to switch? Because I'll take the no, no, over no, on the Bucks. No, no, no. I'm taking the, the over, and it's because of Bruce Arians. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they go under because we're wrong about Jameis Winston, and he does not have the potential we think he does. I was really trying for some sort of Uber and Tampa joke, and it didn't work. Yeah. Titans, eight and a half. They go under because <laughs> the Iron Chef throws clean pocket ints, baby. Nashville, though. I wish they were good. They go over place. because somebody has to win that division every year. <laughs> Won't be them. Redskins, six. Um, they go over because they draft a quarterback. They go under because they don't draft a quarterback, and we're stuck watching Case Keenum, and 2017 was an aberration. All right. Um, we're going to give our favorites. We're still going to go fairly quickly here. My favorite one is the Bears under. I love the Bears under. Um, Trubisky, we've said this a million times, but – he you know, led the NFL in negatively graded um, plays. He was 31st out of 35 in avoiding uncatchable throws. Yep. Um, made up for by a great supporting cast and a uniquely amazing uh, defensive mm-hmm. performance by them. We've only seen this before with the Jaguars a season ago. Under 9.5 is my favorite bet. In fact, wait, I've got one more for you. If I could create my own, um, like prop. You know, bet, my own prop bet, here's the one I like. Raiders more wins than the Bears this season. What what odds do you think I'd get on that? Yeah, so you're probably in the minus or you're pl- pl- plus if you want to go Raiders side plus two and a two fifty three hundred. I'd take it. Yeah. Just saying, but the one that I like the most and um is is uh, I like the I like Arizona over five for the yep. reason you said. But the one I like the most is the Chargers under ten. Again, you're still talking about a team that's playing in a temporary stadium. Even one of their temporary home games is against the Chiefs in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are, I think, despite the Tyreek Hill thing, a strong ascending team, as could be the Raiders. And the Chargers, a little bit in terms of like, you know, some regression on defense, but yeah. also their offensive firepower. Antonio Gates retiring, Tyra Williams leaving. I just think there's a little bit in terms of them being inefficient, running the ball too much, and being rewarded for that at sure. times. And at some point, Phillip Rivers is going to hit the wall. All right, one more. Uh, this one really is tough to talk about, but I do think there's value. There will be value on the Rams under 10.5. Reasons I mentioned before, the Super Bowl was rough to watch, right? And I think that'll be in a lot of people's minds. I don't think that is as big of an issue as it is that they're simply their offense was revolutionary, and people are going to spend so much time dissecting it, thinking about how to stop it, and as great as Sean McVay is, I do think he built that system to take advantage of the things that Jared Goff does really well and the things that he doesn't do really well when they have to do those more, it really shows. Yeah. And and I again I really hope they go over yeah, yeah. though. But again I'm it, praying. It, it's well so and to 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 sort of make it less about the Rams specifically, but 
it's just really hard to go over ten and a half yeah. wins all the time. And that's why, you know, that's why when they, they never hang a number over eleven or twelve, and that's why the Rams are right up there. They're right up there with the Chiefs, they're right up there with, with New England. And, and and how much harder is that New England's at eleven. Yeah. And they have a, a generationally great culture, quarterback, team, everything, right? And, and they're, they're downhill because they play the AFC East, right? Which they're is they're a joke playing sometimes. a bunch of terrible teams. The Rams have to play some potentially Super Bowl contending teams in their own division. Yeah. Kyler Murray comes in there like it, it could be a really hard road for the Rams. They could go, they could win ten games, and that could be a real achievement yeah, yeah. for them. And they could still make a run in the playoffs. Well, because here's the thing: there are there are universes where the Rams might have the fourth most talented quarterback in the division. I, I, I don't, I don't mean that as a negative. I'm just saying Kyler Murray's terrific. Russell Wilson's the best quarterback mm-hmm. in that division. And Jimmy G has a ton of potential, right? So there are situations where that's true. How do you win 11 games in those circumstances? Yep. And, and frankly, like Todd Gurley, the person that they rely on the most offensively, is not a sure thing to be healthy well, next year. Yeah, I mean, it, his knee is deteriorating. And C.J. Anderson's gone. Uh, if you had to pick one other total that you were going to bet now, which would it be? Uh, I know what mine is. Tampa over six. Boom. All about the Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston train. Just just take it. All right. Um, We were going to talk about the offensive line uh, stability from college to pro article that is out on profootballfocus.com. You should go check it out. We're actually going to talk about that next week. We'd like you guys to send in questions. We'll put that on the questions to the dark web uh, spot. Um, But, uh, yeah, read it, weep, and then ask a question. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. Um, our big, our big buddy, Patricia's first season didn't go so well. They beat the Patriots in a stunner. They were they swept the Packers, um, home dogs uh, by a by a large margin. Uh, managed to go six and ten. Pretty darn disappointing. Um, their their total was seven and a half last year. They obviously went under, and they're currently at seven. Um, I don't know. Not. We were two and like, two picking their games. We whatever. backed them against San Francisco. They backdoor covered. They were down <laughs> by seventeen with like four minutes left. Came back. Um, we had their over against Green Bay, which should have been a lock, but Mason Crosby missed five kicks. Uh, went over at the very end. We backed them against Minnesota on the road and Chicago in consecutive weeks, and they did not cover either one of those, despite Chicago missing four kicks from Cody Parkey in that second game. So, just kind of a so-so year picking their games. Their most valuable players, Stafford, Galladay, Damon Harrison, Ashawn Robinson, Darius Slay, and Carrion Johnson. My way with son. Having Carrion Johnson in that list sort of shows you how bad the roster was a season ago. Because he yeah, barely played. Which means they, when they went out in free agency, they were pretty aggressive, right? Going and getting Danny Amendola, uh, Trey Flowers, both of New England fame, Justin Coleman from, you know, Nickel Corner from the Seattle, right. another reason why Seattle might regress. Rashawn Melvin, an underrated signing. C.J. Anderson, Jesse James, probably not going to move the needle much. When I see those most valuable players, the things that stick out to me are this. Damon Harris and Ashawn Robinson made it into that list. Their primary role is to stop the run. Yeah. And they were very good at it. They were very good at it. But they're, they took a huge step back in coverage this past season. Yep. Um, and uh, and that you need to be able to cover better. It doesn't matter if you're... You know, defenders are that good against the run if you cannot cover. Darius Slay obviously can. Only the Niners allowed a higher EPA per slot target than the Detroit Lions. So with that pick that they have, I know that um, on our current mock at, at ProFootballFocus.com, we've got them taking Greedy Williams. I could not like a pick more. I think that's 
fantastic. That if their coverage goes from you know bottom half of the league to ten to fifteen range, that can be a huge, huge bonus for this team that should have the tools with Galladay and Amendola, um, you know, and Stafford, who is grossly overpaid but not a bad quarterback, yeah. to do some things. Yeah, and the the thing is, is you look at what moves the levers for teams defensively. They were twenty fifth overall in EPA allowed, seventeenth yep. against the run, which is fine, but twenty eighth against the pass. That's really pulling that twenty fifth number up Brutal. to where it is. Last, you know, they got rid of Glover Quinn. They still have, uh, you know, Quandre Diggs to play strong safety. They're going to have some struggles, I think, on the back end. But like you said, if you can get a corner in the draft, pair him on the outside with Slay, inside yep. with Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers up front, you're starting to see a little bit of what could be the makings. We saw them schematically have the potential to do really well. They Their scheme defensively was the thing that the Patriots used as the blueprint for the Super right. Bowl. They just need you know personnel to sort of you know come in and actually be able to execute it, but they were very much on the cutting edge of being able to stop the, the Los Angeles Rams last year. Well, that's the silver lining. So I think they overpaid for Trey Flowers. Yep. That being said, I don't think it was that bad of a signing, and here's why. We talk about this a lot. If you are going to go out and sign a coverage or a pass rush player, coverage is something that is very valuable. It's more valuable, but it's less stable. You're less likely to actually get a return on the huge investment that you make. Trey Flowers, there's a pretty darn good chance that he continues to be a solid pass rusher. So maybe you overpay for him, but at least it doesn't have bust potential. And what it does is it allows you to now go take some shots on a Greedy Williams, who will not command as much of that salary cap, is certainly less of yeah. a known quantity, but has the potential to really improve your team overall. So that's the silver lining. I don't you know, think it's that bad of a signing. I do think they overpaid for him, but there were certainly worse signings out there. We always talk about this, but what do you think? So right now, DeAndre Baker, uh, Greedy Williams, uh, you know, uh, Byron Murphy from, from Washington – the fact that there are three corners who are good in the draft does that ma- and 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 a what appears to be a market that is drastically loving the interior defenders yeah, the yeah. edge guys does that mean does that mean moving back to like 12 or 15 is, is the smart move we would say yes because there's you're going to get one of those Think three about corners this. what if teams pass on quarterbacks and all of a sudden you've got a situation where the lines are at 8 it's similar to yeah, what yeah. you know the Cardinals did, right? They moved up to ten last year. There might be a team that wants to move up to eight to get a QB. You might get a real haul for yeah. this pick and still get one of those three corners. That's the thing that people always forget. We we may spend hours and hours and hours and hours deliberating which of the three is better. We really don't know that much. You're no better idea. off acquiring another pick to go with. Well, what we do know is on average, corner number three plus two other picks is better than corner number one usually. Yep. Um, okay, here's something that I want to talk about with the Lions because it was much, much talked about this offseason. Look, they need to run the ball better. That's the problem. That's what Matt Stafford is struggling to be a top five quarterback because they can't run the ball. So they make a huge effort to run the ball and they improve a lot. In fact, running on first and second down, they went from 29th to 14th in EPA per run play, doubled. It's still negative EPA, but let's leave that uh, uh, away for now. Almost a yard more per play on first and second down runs last year. What do you think happened? Uh, their offense was less efficient. Yes. Uh, in fact, their passing on all downs went from 12th, the year that they were one of the worst three running teams in the NFL, to 18th. Shocking that it didn't help that much. Um, 
overall they went from 14th to 20th in offense despite drastically improving their run game. I don't think I need to say anything else. Yeah, and uh, so the interesting thing is is out is Jim Bob Cooter. Yep. Um, and in is Daryl Bevel. Now, Jim Bob Cooter, I'm, I'm actually looking this up. Last season in our coaching ranking, he was about middle of the pack. Yeah. I believe, and I have to just check this in a second here, I believe that ranking has gone down in many ways because of running the ball in second and long yep. is going to yield a worse-than-expected offensive outcome, especially given that for all of his limitations, Matthew Stafford is a pretty good quarterback. But he needs to be put in situations that make him, that make him better – Running on first and second down, we're not putting him in situations to be effective. We saw that when he was sacked like 10 times against Minnesota, Chicago, all that. That ain't it. That ain't it. You know, we talked about uh, unstable stat of the week. Yeah. 2017, Matt Stafford, passer rating on third down, 110.7. 2018, 76.8. I'm not very uh, acute at arithmetic in my head, but that seems like a large drop. EPA per passing play on third down went from 0.1 to negative 0.1. That's not good. Uh, third down passing is not something you want to rely on. You want to throw the ball on first and second down instead of running it. Even if you become a better running team, that does not help your overall offense. Jim Bob Cooter, as late as 2000, the end of 2016, was seventh in our, quarter, in our uh, offensive coordinator rankings yep. behind Shanahan, Peyton, McDaniels, McVay, Zampezi. By the time it got to 20, at the end of 2018, he was 19th. So, again, you're talking about like those decisions – are just getting increasingly bad. And as we saw yep. with the Packer article, you have to evolve as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, Daryl Bevel, not much better. He, you know, second to last in our offensive coordinator rankings. It'll be interesting to see if they actually upgrade as a part of that, you know, change. Yeah. I'm actually kind of bullish on this team. I think they make the right pick, maybe trade down. That, that coverage becomes a lot better. Um, we've seen, you know, with, well, Golden Tate's not there anymore, yeah. but good slot, good players on the outside. Like, that uh, offense can be solid. The division is more wide open than people think. Green Bay is, is vulnerable. Certainly. Chicago, as we think, is vulnerable. And the Vikings certainly uh, you know, are not getting better. So uh, Detroit does have a path to the NFC North. Hopefully they get there. Matthew Stafford, you know, bless him you know, as, he, as he's going through what he's going through now. But I do think he's good enough uh, to take that team to a winning record and a possible division championship. All right. Last segment here. Stories from the YMCA. Do you have any that uh, come to mind? I've got a couple. I mean, I actually didn't notice. People much like this, this segment. Apparently, I thought it was kind of a yeah, stupid yeah. segment, but whatever. I have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, so we've adopted swimming. <laughs> oh, I remember the bro with too much weight. Yeah, I want to talk about him in a second. But um, I-, I talked about smells last week. <laughs> I didn't think it'd get worse, but uh, I w- I was in the pool on uh, Saturday, and uh, I'm swimming up and down. And uh, I'm like, God, this water it's like smells bad. The dude next to me reeked so horribly that inside, when I was underwater, I could, I could smell it. Stop. It, was, it was pulsating through the water. I think really what it was is that every time I would you know, get up to breathe, I would you know, smell you it. Right. Um, and uh, I didn't move over lanes. So I remember the last time I moved... I, I couldn't pull myself, you know, to actually do that to him. Um, so I just gritted through it. I started uh, breathing on the other side. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, just, just take As a my, shower before you get in the pool, man. Like, it's not that hard. Well, but somebody who like is gets lets it get that way just doesn't know. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, how? 
Um, here was another one. I really liked this. So, uh, best time to go to the gym is like, you know, more, not too early in the morning, but you know, when you have a flexible schedule, you get there like eight, eight thirty. it's fairly cleaned out. So I'm in there guy comes in and I'm, uh, I think I'm push pressing. I'm like in the middle of a set and he comes over and he's like, Oh man, you're push pressing. That's really cool. I'm, I'm about to, to do that too. It's like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. Like 30 seconds. Later, what's your, uh, what's your max? You know, I don't generally max out my push press. It's probably, you know, 200, somewhere around there. Oh, cool, man. Cool. Two minutes later, I kid you not, the dude has 200 pounds <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> he sets up and just, this was the worst lift I've ever seen in my entire life. He's just trying to get one up, right? And the weight comes crashing down. He has... Not the clips, but like the levers out. Yeah, yeah. And he's got them like five feet off the ground. So it comes crashing down onto the levers. Weight comes falling off on one side. The bar flips up in the air. The rest of it comes falling down on the other side. I tried really hard. We were the only two people in the room. I tried really hard not to laugh. Um, it was sad. This is, that, that was a lot better than I, what I thought the story was going to be, which was yesterday when we were in the locker room. And, and some bro was like, dropping the weight oh, yeah. like repeatedly and and was like the asbestos from the top of the <laughs> ceiling was trickling down on top of us but that was a better story yeah um that's what we've got from the ymca i had one from uh, a trip to an equinox but i'll save that one okay okay save that one for later we'll be back with you next week a little early next week i think because uh of some travel situations so read that o-line article get us some questions Head to ProFootballFocus.com for all the great draft coverage. And if you have questions about the draft, uh, hit up Steve and Mike. Paluzio. Paluzio. See you guys. If you have thyroid eye disease and you can't get any shut eye because you can't shut your eyes, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's.